Radio. If I touch my shoulder, it would touch my hair. Starts now. And I said, what the hell is that? And more radio starts now. I'm a puppet on a string, Tracy Island, time traveling, diamond could have shaped heartaches to come to find you for in some velvet morning. Years too late, she's a silver lining, lone ranger riding through an open space in my mind when she's not right there beside me. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is Steve Rowan, your host. This is Spirits and More Radio. We talk about all things paranormal here. You may be a skeptic, like I was, until something supernatural happens to you. Turn down the lights. And more radio. It is Friday the 13th, everybody. I hope you've been watching out so you don't end up dead. Uh, this is a live show. That means that you can call in at 1-872-2-GHOSTS. That's 872-2-GHOSTS. If you call in when we're not broadcasting live, you can absolutely leave your paranormal stories for us on our voicemail. Uh, on this show tonight, we have a very interesting guy who lives in the Los Angeles area. He's a paranormal investigator, and uh, I like to say he is too paranormal what Chuck E. Cheese is to children's birthdays. I'm sure every ghost in the Los Angeles area knows who he is, and if they don't, they will soon. Uh, he has been seen on Ghost Adventures, My Ghost Story, Haunted History, and several others. Mr. Eric Van Leer is with us tonight. Welcome to Spooks and Spirits and More Radio, Eric. Yeah, hey man, thanks for uh, having me on the show. You know, I'm I'm really excited about this. I didn't know if I was going to make it on time. I actually went to go visit a friend a little distance away, and I took the metro so I would avoid Friday traffic. And uh, on the way back, one of the metro trains, uh, I guess they are actually had mechanical problems so it was late and i didn't think i was going to make it into the studio on time but here i am so i guess you can call it a little bit of friday the 13th luck yeah well i'm glad you made it i think uh I'm, you know i was curious i was going to ask you about friday the 13th it's obviously people have superstitions around the day uh and lots of people hope that nothing bad happens um i don't know if you feel like there's any connection between the spirit world and the things that go wrong for people on friday the 13th is that do you make a connection there you know i don't think uh spirits or entities if you will know the difference between dates um as far as that goes they actually uh, transcend the boundaries of time and space. But if people give it meaning, 
then it definitely can become something more than it is. It's like anything else. Right. And I was kind of wondering what your take is on this. Um, you know, some people have paranormal experiences and see ghosts or hear things, and some people don't. And I was just wondering, do you think that some people are just more open than others? Or do you think that maybe the spirit world chooses who they want to interact with or people from the other side or entities from the other side? Do you think that they choose who they want to interact with? And that's why some people just don't see anything. That's a very good question, actually. I think it's a little bit of both. There are people that definitely have abilities, but there's also uh, ghosts or spirits that will interact with certain people more than others. I was at an Air Force base that was abandoned, and the entities there actually gave me intelligent responses that they weren't giving to other people. And that is because I had been, well, what is that? That um, is weird. What happened? Uh, a screen on my computer just popped up. I don't know if that got picked up on, uh, over the microphone. Wait, I, I did. <laughs> I thought it was your phone actually, but, uh, you know, something happened weird to me. I was doing, a technical test for this show and uh i had someone else on connected up uh remotely like we do tonight with you and my phone my cell phone apple iphone was sitting at least a foot and a half away from me and all of a sudden i hear siri say something and i look over and my phone's been dictating what i've been saying and then siri was saying something like she didn't understand but, you know, I looked over and the person I was talking with said, oh, maybe some spit or something got on the screen. But the reality is to trigger Siri, I don't have the audible turned on where you can just say, hey, Siri, uh, you have to press and hold the button down. So right. I thought, you know, is there something in the room right now? You know, as we're testing for this paranormal show, we've got paranormal things happening around us. So. Uh, it was interesting, but it sounds like something happened over there, too. Yeah, I mean, that definitely uh, can happen. I mean, the, uh, the spirit world definitely knows when you are or when you're about to talk uh, to them or about them. Um, but like I was saying, we were at an abandoned Air Force base, and I had been in the Air Force, and I was asking questions specific to the Air Force, and I was getting more EVPs than the other people I was investigating with, actually. So they definitely can respond more to some people than others. Yeah. And that's what, why do you think that is? Why? I mean, you know, you hear that little kids often see and hear things. And then as they get older, they don't. And they talk about kids maybe not having social filters or preconceptions of reality. So is there any connection to that, like, do you think some people just open themselves up to it? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, as far as kids go, I mean, when you're a kid, you know, you're obviously more gullible and open to things. Uh, you're at a time in your life before you become, uh, shall we say, more closed mind or more skeptical. 
So you're more apt to experience things that wouldn't be experienced by someone that has a different mind frame. I remember when I was a kid, I used to get terrible uh, night terrors. And, you know, looking back in retrospect, I wonder if that was actually what if what it was or if there's something more behind it. Right. You know, I was I wanted to know from you, when was the first time that you had a paranormal experience? First time I had a paranormal experience. Um, other than the night terrors, which I don't know 100 percent if they were paranormal or not. Um, I'm trying to think. I would say maybe when I first started going to spots that had local legends attached to them, and we heard a woman's voice screaming from the bottom of a ravine. So when you went to this location, were you specifically there to search for paranormal or were you there just to, to hike? Actually, let, you know what, let me, let me backtrack because there was an incident that happened before that. I don't, I don't know if it was an experience as much as a feeling, but when I was in high school, I traveled around the country and there definitely were places I felt energy, especially Gettysburg. Um, but no, when, when we went to this one specific location, it was just out of curiosity. We didn't really know what to expect. We were hoping for something, but... Um, something, I, I don't want to, something paranormal. You were hoping for something paranormal? Probably. It was, it was a area that supposedly had ties to a cult leader and... Uh, you know, someone that was known for supposedly committing murders. And we, we, didn't, we didn't know what to expect going in, but we, we were hoping something would happen or that we would see something or hear something. We didn't, we didn't know. We were, that was the first time that I actually went searching for quote-unquote something. Uh-huh. And so it was a sound of a screaming woman from a ravine, you said? Right. And if she had fallen, she would have been dead. And there's no way anyone could have brought her down there, you know, to hate to say it, but rape her or do anything like that because there's no hiking trails in this specific area where the screaming was coming from. So you're saying that essentially if you were in that area and you were screaming, you either just fell or you were hearing something from the other side. Well, if you fell that that far, you, you're you're dead on impact. <laughs> I see. Okay, so it's a very, yeah. very steep drop. Right. I see. And so, um, when that happened, w what did you think? Were you guys freaking out? I mean, you must have thought at one moment, "Is someone dying, or do we need to call nine one one?" Well, that that wasn't the only thing that had happened. I was into some very dark stuff at the time and i had dressed a certain way on that occasion and i had been reading out of the satanic bible um i guess hoping to possibly stir something up and we had gotten out of the car and when we got back in uh, the car wouldn't start the radiator hose was ripped in half um 
not like from wear and tear, but like something that actually shredded it. Wow. That's really creepy. <laughs> well, I mean, especially yes. if you, you had just heard someone, the screaming sounds, and then you get back to your car and open the hood and something's t- completely destroyed the, the cooling hose, you said. Right. I mean, it, it, it sounded more like what I would assume a banshee would sound like. It sounded much more ethereal. Um, and we were on an investigation at another location years later where we believe we did hear a banshee two or three times uh, at a cemetery. I've never heard a banshee. Do you have any? You probably can't mimic a banshee, can you? <laughs> no. <laughs> do your best. Um, do do your best banshee for us. Do my best banshee. I'm kidding. Ah! Ah! <laughs> it sounds no. like a, a cross between a woman screaming and a screech owl. Ah, uh, okay. Have you ever heard a um, rabbit being killed? I haven't. It sounds like someone being murdered. sounds like a woman being murdered. Uh, You can go on YouTube and put in rabbit screams. And Mm -hmm. I heard them one night, and I literally thought a neighbor was killing somebody in their garage. Right. Yeah. Um, Tell me more about this. So as you you kind of dealt, it sounds like you went headfirst into some, some dark stuff. Uh, is that really where it all began? Um, yeah, I think I think I could say that. Do you regret that? I think I opened up some stuff that I probably shouldn't have. Which... I also, um, I became a member of different magical orders as well. Some of them positive, some not as positive. I see. And then at some point, that all transitioned into paranormal investigation. Yes, well, I I started with meetup groups before they were really popular. And uh, some of the investigations, I was picking up some facts about locations that I had no clue about. I was just going there to investigate being a newbie, and I was able to feel and sense things and my abilities became stronger and stronger but after a few years and a few attachments I guess my subconscious started turning them off however I'm still able to sense at some times uh, what's going on and pretty much all the time where activity is at a location that is really 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 extremely intimidating to think about really that you could have these things that sort of follow you around or drop in on you every once in a while we'll get back to eric in one second stay with us you are listening to spirits and more radio have a paranormal story tell us at spooksandspirits.com Whoa! 
So this is Radio Land, huh? The infinite turtle, the, the waves through the ether fuzz roll on forever. Roar! You're my fave. <laughs> Me and Bubba, my little brother, we listen to you every night. Hey there, listeners. This is Steve Rowan, your host. I hope you're enjoying this show. And if you are, I'd like to ask you to help us expand our audience by giving us a review in your podcast app. I would really appreciate it if you did that. And for doing so, I want to do something special for you. I want to offer you a free bonus hour of any one of our previous shows. So if you like the Alien show and you want to hear the second hour or the Disneyland show or the Ouija board show, just take a screenshot of your review and email that to me at editor at spiritsandmoreradio.com and I will email you right back with a link to the second hour of any show you'd like. Thank you for listening and please share us on your Facebook and retweet us. Now back to the show. Do aliens exist? Eric, do you think aliens exist? Do I think aliens exist? I am definitely open. I've seen what the people with me at least thought was a UFO on three separate occasions. And we were actually in... Lancaster for a residential investigation and on the way there um, we saw something very strange in the sky it was like this greenish glow uh, that disappeared there were no clouds in the sky that night and the client had actually taken a picture of it and it sure didn't look like any planet or anything like that to me Uh, We actually used a spirit box, and I asked, uh, did we see a UFO tonight? And the spirit box actually said, yes, landed in Apple Valley. And then I was just, okay, this is crazy. I'll ask another crazy question. Are the Anunnaki, which are the ancient aliens and reptilians, real? And the spirit box said, yes. Mostly died off, but still come back. Really? That, you know, the thing is about the spirit box, if, if people aren't familiar with it, what it is, is it is a, a box that has, it basically is tuning through the over-the-air radio frequencies, typically where radio stations are and other things, but at a speed where you just get a little glimpse of a word. 
So the words that you're hearing are actually words that are being broadcast among multiple radio stations at that exact moment. So Eric, the idea behind the spirit box is that somehow uh, spirits influence that box to be timed at the right moment to communicate with you. Is that right? Right. Well, what was more convincing even about the device that we were using is that the spirit app or spirit, well, it was more, it was a spirit app, not a box, actually. I, I, they're, they're pretty much the same thing, except the box is hardware and a spirit app is on a uh, smartphone or computer. Um, but this one actually used jumbled phonetics. And so the theory is, is that whatever's communicating with you has to put these phonetics together to form words or sentences. And when you get an intelligent response, it's, it's pretty compelling. Yeah. I mean, the things that you, what you said that it said, mentioning Apple Valley and that it landed and things like that. I mean, that is, could that be coincidence? I mean, it doesn't seem likely, does it? <clears throat> I mean, it, it could, my, Uncle is actually a well-known doctor, and he's really into physics, and he's done a lot of inventions. <clears throat> um, he personally would probably have his own explanation for something like that. Right. You know, one thing that I wanted to get into was we talk about UFOs and so forth, and I wonder how much of what happens that people attribute to ghosts or spirits or demons, you know, is there a line between multidimensional beings and UFOs and aliens and, and spirits and demons? I mean, Bigfoot even is thought to be possibly multidimensional since no one can really capture good footage, but they see, hear things, you know, there's, there's some physical things happening. So people have come to the conclusion that, uh, it may be multidimensional and capable of not being seen. Right. I was, I was actually going to bring that up. A lot of people do think that Bigfoot may be <clears throat> multidimensional, um, possibly even alien. That's uh, one of the big things going around right now about Bigfoot is that he's an alien. And uh, I've even heard that Bigfoot is possibly a demon. Wow. You know, demons, um, I understand that demons are kind of called out specifically based on their characteristics. Do you know much about that? I know, I know some, somewhat about uh, uh, demons. I know there's definitely a hierarchy. Um, there's actually something called the Klipoth which is the inverted tree of life uh, that's th that, that is the Kabbalah. Um, it's, it's just the Kabbalistic tree upside down, and that represents the underworld or the demonic world. I see. Is there, um, do you think that uh, when you go on these investigations that you do, do you feel like you come across different types of entities? 
<clears throat> yeah, we've we've actually come across pretty much everything from uh, you know someone's uh, relative who passed away to Lilith, who is the mother of all demons. Lilith, the mother of all demons. Tell me more about her. She was actually the first wife of Adam before Eve. She's only referenced, I believe, once in um, the Bible. Uh, she goes back before that. And to bring up Screech Owl again, that's what she's actually referenced as in the Bible is, is the Screech Owl. But Adam wanted her to lay under him during sex to be subservient and she refused so she attempted to go to heaven and the prophet isaiah actually rebuked her so she started breeding with the demon asmodeus and she became the serpent in the tree uh garden of eden that um eve was tempted by and uh, became a succubus lilith became a succubus uh, so when when you came across what you believed to be lilith what happened it was a case we were working on for quite a while and we all experienced her in three different forms an old lady um or old hag she's also known as the mountain woman or uh, uh associated with wilderness and we saw her as a beautiful lady the old hag and also as a little child and on this case people wound up getting possessed. One lady got possessed three times in the same night, receiving over 20 bleeding scratches. Oh my. I saw her myself and uh, another person saw her as what looked like the grim reaper. Um, so when, when this, when this was happening, was she was physically manifesting in front of everybody? Yes. In different forms. Uh, <clears throat> Some investigators were there one night, a night that I wasn't there, and they actually saw the little girl in the bathtub covered in blood. Wow. How do people, how do you really hold it together when you see something like that? I mean, most people, if you were to see that, would be terrified. Yeah, it definitely is terrifying. <laughs> Do you, do you have the urge to run? Oh, uh, I mean, that's that's the natural instinct. You you never know what to expect. I mean, when you see something like that, or at least when I see something like that, I don't think it's, you know, obviously something positive. Um, but there's that curiosity factor at the same time. Right. I would imagine that um, once you go into this field, you have to be prepared for anything. And when you finally do see something, 
I would imagine that at first there's fear, but there must be some excitement too, because, you know, that's what you came for. Right, right. So I, I actually don't like to say the names of the demons. Um, it, it's said that you're not supposed to, but I'm not really superstitious. Uh, the arch demons or demon kings, their hierarchy, of course, is Satan and Moloch. And, and then you got to remember, just uh, imagine looking at the, the uh, Kabbalistic tree, if you're familiar with that, with Binah and Tipperath and all those things. Um, so Satan and Moloch are on the top, and then on the... On one side, you've got Lucifer, Trophical. Under that, you've got Asmodeus. In the center, you've got Belphegor. On that same side, you've got Adramelech. And then under that, you've got Lilith and Mahima. And on the other side, you've got Beelzebub, Astaroth. Once again, Belphegor in the center. And then Baal, or Baal. And then Lilith and Nahima. So that's the hierarchy of the archdemons or demon kings. I see. And at any moment, really, you could be open to one of those particular entities coming after you. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are speaking with Eric Van Leer. He's a paranormal investigator. He's been on lots of TV shows, Ghost Adventures, uh, Haunted History, and others. Uh, we'll be right back with more from Eric Van Leer. And now it's time for Haunted Places. Alcatraz Island is most famous for the maximum security prison that operated there from as early as 1868 and closed in 1963. What most people don't know is that the island was thought to be evil as far back as the 1700s by Native American tribes that used the island to exile criminals under tribal law. In modern times, guards and prisoners reported paranormal events, apparitions of soldiers in military dress, and many other unexplained events. If you visit Alcatraz Island, pay attention in cell blocks A and B for the sounds of moans and unexplained footsteps. In cell block C's laundry room, murdered prisoner Abby McDowitz, nicknamed The Butcher, is said to haunt the area. That's all for this week's Haunted Places. So, Eric, have you, uh, have you been to Alcatraz? Uh, I was there a long time ago. I actually know quite a, bit, quite a bit about the history and the paranormal activity that goes on there, though. Yeah, I would imagine that you probably have fellow paranormal investigators that have, that have gone there to actually investigate. Have any of them seen anything? Yeah, one of uh, the people that we investigate with, actually, while on a tour, he captured a picture of an apparition, I believe, in one of the cell blocks. Uh, was that was that in cell block C? That I'm not sure. Okay. I know that is one of the hot spots, though. I see. Um, I've been there as a little kid, and at the time, I remember, this was in the late 80s, that... Uh, they said even on the tour, they talked about some of the ghosts and spirits and some of the stories, but I understand they're, they kind of shy away from that these days. So, um, speaking of, have you, what is one of the, 
most memorable investigations you've ever been on as far as intensity, fear, uh, you know, just gripping. What is, what is that one that sticks out in your mind? Well, actually I recently went to Italy and one of the places that I explored was the plague Island or Proviglia Island, which is considered the most haunted Island in the world. And one of the most evil places in the world and it was just me and the skipper and a lot of the time that i was there i was exploring or investigating while the skipper was tending to the boat and while alone i experienced uh disembodied voices footsteps but the most uh exciting i guess thing that you could say happened was in the bell tower where we actually captured uh an image of the plague doctor who committed suicide which you can see on my youtube channel i didn't know it at the time but uh right after this incident happened well at, at first the skipper had gone into a room and was acting a little strange and i said do you sense something and he said yes but i can't see uh give me, you know, give me some light or something. So I turned on the light and then I turned on the uh, spirit box. This was right after we captured the image of the plague doctor, which like I said, we didn't know at the time. And the spirit box said my name and then my backpack, which was heavy because it had water in it. It had a plague mask that I was going to use for an experiment. It had uh, some other equipment and some travel stuff in it. The backpack fell over on its own. And then the zipper started swaying back and forth. And we both like started like, oh, my God, it's so cold. I mean, it was... It was cold, even though it was in the daytime, it was dark in there and it was, it was cold. It's, you know, it's on the uh, Venetian lagoon, but there must have been at least a 20 to 25 degree temperature drop, literally, and just a cold breeze. And where this area is, I mean, there is a few openings like from the ceiling um, or roof or what's left of the roof and some doors that are off to the side. But there were no breezes, and when the temperature dropped, we started feeling enough of a change where we both got excited or startled or whatever by it. And then the, uh, the spirit box said, get out. So we were experiencing all these things at one time, and the skipper started walking away. And I don't remember if he said, come on, or look at this, but I think he didn't want me in that specific area anymore after all these events happened. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, did he say that he had ever experienced anything before in his life, or was this all brand new to him? I, From what I recall, he never had really experienced anything, at least to that intensity level. Um, a lot of the locals will deny it's being 
haunted, um, while others think that the island itself, regardless of the plague field or the mental hospital, just the island is literally hell. So you have two different sides. And uh, the Italians, a lot of Italians are very superstitious. The skipper I had, what was fortunate about me having this skipper was he was very open. Um, he wasn't scared that anything paranormal might happen. But from what I recall, he never really had any experiences. But when this chain of events occurred it seemed like he seemed to leave that area rather quickly and he wanted me to follow in tow i see almost like he started to <clears throat> started to get spooked out himself really like he he probably went in there not expecting that to happen and then when all these things started happening that was probably more than enough for him <laughs> yeah that's that's definitely how it seemed yeah. Um, where you, you weren't surprised when you got there and, and saw this stuff start to take place. I mean, I was hoping something would happen. I actually thought it was pretty awesome. Um, but at the same time, it was def even with him there, it definitely was creepy, even though we didn't know that we had captured that image, just the other chain of events that occurred was kind of creepy and the environment definitely started to feel very negative um i had been asking in questions uh in italian uh questions the best that i could in italian i mean i haven't taken italian since high school um but i was asking uh you know, did you work on this island? I kind of knew the, you know, I kind of knew the answer because I knew who I was directing my intentions towards, but I was hoping to get a response. So I was asking, did you work on this island? Um, how many people uh, died on this island? But I was also provoking at the same time, which I don't often like to do, but from uh, the history or stories or legends or whatever, this was a very dark doctor who performed crude lobotomies on patients and supposedly tortured and murdered them. So I didn't have a problem, you know, saying bastardo, you know, bastard, you know, you murderer, and uh, saying stuff like that. Um, I see. Which is something and, and when you started to say those things, is that when the activity started to happen? It is, yes. Uh, so there's a really high probability that you were really getting a response from him. Right, and I, I definitely don't condone that type of uh, behavior on an investigation. You know, it's uh, when you're in an unknown situation, it's, it's a lot different than the stuff you see on TV. Right. How is it different from TV for for the people listening? And, you know, there's probably a lot of people listening to this show right now who are fans of many of the paranormal investigation type shows and ghost story shows. How is it to go and do this for real compared to what we see on TV? 
Well, for one thing, you know, when, when an investigator on TV says that they're alone, um, there's quite, I mean, sometimes they are, they'll have like a GoPro attached to them or whatever. Uh, but a lot of the time when they say that they're alone, there's obviously a sound guy and a camera guy with them. Um, besides, you know, who knows how many people off on the sidelines, um, so it's 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 not always that they're alone like it looks like on TV and a lot of these people you know there's there's skeptics who think these shows are faked at this moment I'm going to keep that opinion to myself uh, but there's others that have a lot of experience and they know how to deal with a situation if they get themselves into hot water I see I can imagine that uh eventually after thousands of hours of footage and going to different places that eventually something's going to come through for them even if they have to go through lots and lots of footage i mean it sounds like your the way that you're tuned into this stuff seems like you're uh able to to get in and see these manifestations and stuff uh quite readily when you go to places do you feel like other people maybe don't see as much or when you bring other people with you to an investigation does everybody everybody see what's happening and experience things themselves um well if people aren't experiencing things then there's certain things i like to do to make sure that there's a good possibility that they do and I'm not talking about faking stuff because, I mean, I can't, you know, be in a room with five, six, 10, 20 people and fake something. You know, that's, that's just, I'm not, you know, I'm not David Blaine. I don't have those abilities. Uh, but I do use some of my occult background to make sure that things have a better chance of happening and that's only once after i ask everybody that's there if it's okay if i do that i see you know one thing just to get back quickly to what happened in italy with you um you talked about a youtube video and i i saw one of the videos i believe you're talking about where there's a shadow that moves across and you sort of ask if it was the guy you're with was that you was that you and you realize it wasn't him is that the video that you were talking about earlier because i did want to point that out for the listeners that if you want to see what looks like an entity shadow type thing moving across the field you did capture that is that right yeah that that was at covilia also but that wasn't the image I was talking about. The image I'm talking about actually looks like a plague doctor. That uh, the situation where the shadow figure walks by um, was actually after I had been exploring myself for a while and the uh, skipper met back up with me. We had gone into that room. That was only a few moments after going back into uh, going back into the hospital, and then 
after, I mean, it was nonstop activity. After that, we moved to a different area, which was the bell tower where we experienced what I just explained. And then we moved into a different area where we were hearing uh, footsteps. I, I don't know if the transcribing I did on the video is right. I always recommend that people turn the volume up and use headphones, though, so that they could hear any disembodied voices or strange sounds or footsteps. But it was literally every room we went to, something was happening. Wow. That's really, um, like I, I said, I think that if people could be there, you know, skeptics until one of the things about um, experiencing this sort of stuff is, you know, uh, people have a hard time grasping it. Uh, until it happens to them. Uh, we'll get more into that. We're with Eric Van Leer tonight. Uh, he's a paranormal investigator in the Los Angeles area, uh, and he very consistently goes on investigations and, and captures EVPs and, and all sorts of very spooky stuff. Spirits and more radio. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Hey, if you're like me, when you first went to get a fog machine, you had no idea which one to get. I mean, you can get one for 30 bucks all the way up to a couple hundred bucks. Well, listen, HalloweenPartyDeals.com takes the guesswork out of which fog machine is going to be best for you. Go on there, check out what they have to say about them. They'll help you get exactly what you need. All right, that's HalloweenPartyDeals.com. HalloweenPartyDeals.com. With Eric Van Leer, our paranormal investigation uh, expert with us tonight. We've heard a lot of really crazy stuff, Eric. I think that um, the depth of your knowledge with all the demonology we talked about and, and all the locations around the world uh, that you've been to that are haunted is really amazing. I think it's, it's fascinating. Uh, one of the things we were talking about, about right before we left was sort of like how do you uh when you first have an experience what advice do you have for people because i know that my first experience uh i sort of kept to myself for a long time uh and then i had a couple other experiences that definitely freaked me out that i didn't really tell too many people about uh, and then i had a really profound experience that i believe was uh very much evidence of life after death. And, um, you know, what was interesting about that experience is that as time went on, and when I say time, I mean 
the amount of time from when it happened in the evening, not being able to sleep pretty much all night long. And then by 2 p.m. the next day, in my mind, I was starting to doubt myself. I was starting to think, did that really happen? Could that happen? There's no way that happened, you know? And for me, I started to think, I just, it started to slip away. The, the gravity of it really started to slip away. I still keep it with me because I, I believe what happened was real. Uh, other people were there and saw it simultaneously. Uh, and the information was unequivocally uh, accurate. Um, so what I have to say is just that, you know, it started to slip away from me because I think our minds are programmed to not go there. You know, it's not, that's not most, that's not what most people experience on a regular basis. Uh, what right. do you have to say for people who have their first experience? I mean, is there, you know, what do you think about that? How does that work out? Because you see so much, it's, it's, different for you because this stuff is like every day or, or, or very frequently, <laughs> you know, whereas for someone else it's not. So there's kind of some differences there. Did you find any challenges? Um, when you talk about this stuff, do you find that people take you for what it is or do you get some kind of funny looks or, or some resistance from people on this topic? No, there's people I think that will remain, skeptics um i mean my mom i've played a lot of evps for her she's seen the stuff that i've done she's actually been places to me where she, uh been places with me where she's experienced stuff also we were at a old high school in portland oregon that's now a bed and breakfast they're actually run by a company that has different hotels or bed and breakfasts in the Portland area and all of them are reported to be haunted and we were standing under a picture I don't remember if it was a uh, photograph or a painting of a girl that used to be a student there and I happened to have my digital recorder so I thought okay I'll just turn it on for a few hello Yes, we're still Are here. Are you there? Yes, okay. we're here. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't, My I just got the black screen of death on uh, the monitor I have here at the studio. So. Uh, okay, <laughs> we're still connected, so we're good. Okay. Um, yeah, so we I played the digital recorder uh, where this painting or... or portrait or you know photograph was and we got an evp of a little girl laughing and you know my mom heard it the person we were with heard it and it was unexplainable and there's been other situations like that uh where my mom has been with me just uh you know if we took a mother and son vacation or whatever i always like to throw the paranormal in um much to her chagrin. <laughs> right. But uh, the advice for people is just to be open, but to protect yourself. And sometimes that could be as easy as uh, just surrounding yourself with a white light. 
Ah. Uh, so are there, you heard about pe- people burning sage and things like that. Is that, um, with, for the people who aren't, uh, in tune with maybe the occult or mystical type things, uh, is that, uh, kind of a go-to thing that you can do or, or you don't, you need to know what you're doing for that to work. Absolutely not. We do not recommend sage at all. Sage will just piss something off, especially if it is negative or demonic. It might lay dormant for a few days, a few weeks, a few months, but it will come back stronger than ever. Uh, You know, I don't like the smell of sage either. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, I like so, the smell, but I don't condone it. Right. So, what should people do? What is in your What is your advice? Or what is something safe to do, or something that maybe works? You mentioned turning on a bright light. What else can people do? Well, yeah, the bright light is more a psychic thing. Um, um, you know, something that they just imagine around themselves or their property. You know, I think Uh, uh, one thing I was going to say kind of along those lines is I think is, is it not true that, you know, there's these other entities on the other side, but we're entities here that are alive. So, um, is it sort of like an internal mental thing that, you know, if you're a strong person yourself, you know, do you, can you sort of purport that to anything that's coming towards you, uh, that, you know, um, you are an entity as well, you know, is it sort of this, uh, can you have a mental sort of energy that you extrude, or maybe you say to yourself that, you know, to sort of fend off things that, you know, you're, you're not going to give up or you're not afraid or something along those lines. Well, yeah, one of the, one of the best things to do, although it doesn't always work, is to take dominion over your space, um, especially if it's something earthbound, you know, you want to tell it that they no longer work there or live there and that they need to leave but we've also had situations where if it wasn't something negative, the person didn't mind having it there. Once we uh, presented the evidence to them and explained the situation, we told them to look at it uh, just like in an exchange student, you know, someone that's visiting. If they don't, you know, you make a... I hate to use the word pact because people think, oh, pact with the devil, pact with Satan. No, it's it's more a pact like you don't, you know, wake me up at three o'clock in the morning. You know, if I'm trying to sleep, you don't bang on walls. You don't do these things and I'll respect you and you can stay. Of course, if it's something negative, then they do want it to leave. And there's a lot of ways to deal with that that also don't always work at which time you need to call in someone that has a little bit more experience and you know everybody thinks that putting olive oil on the windows and door frames and sprinkling salt in the corners is a sure bet but that's 
not always guaranteed either. I mean, it's a good chance uh, that it will get rid of whatever is there. Uh, but there's sometimes things that are just so evil or stubborn that it's going to take a lot more to get rid of them. Right. That's interesting. You know, um, speaking of EB EVPs, uh, my sister uh, captured an EVP uh, and I posted this on YouTube um, and we'll put it right in the show here. Uh, we'll be able to maybe insert it for the replay. But um, essentially, uh, the EVP sounded like this on the replay. But what it was is uh, she had her iPhone um, at the pool. This is in the summertime with her daughter and son. And they were at the pool and, and nobody else was at the pool. So they were, they were there alone. Uh, and she was videoing her daughter jumping into the pool, doing sort of a cannonball type thing into the pool. And uh, she kept doing, you know, recording over and over uh, because her daughter was excited. It was her first time jumping into the water. So she was doing it over and over. So my sister was recording that. And then she went back to play it. And she watches her daughter jump in to the, into the pool. And then the sound that we just heard, um, which is sort of a woman laughing with an almost a demonic tone. It's sort of echoey. And then there's a moan, like a, a male voice at the same time moaning. And what was really, really creepy about it is that um, it almost... People who hear it think that it's faked and produced because it really almost sounds like something you could get off a Halloween record. Um, but I do, I challenge anybody who can find a Halloween record or that source of sound effect to send that to me. As a matter of fact, uh, it's never, no one will ever find it because it was truly recorded on her iPhone. Um, I know that because I know my sister, she's not technical. Uh, she would not know how to take video and edit it and put a sound in there. So, um, she sent it to me immediately while they were still at the pool and said, Oh my God, I was recording my daughter and listen to the sound. Nobody else is here. And when I played it back, I couldn't believe it. And, uh, it's that it's a profound EVP. It's probably one of the clearest things. I mean, a lot of EVPs, you really have to listen uh, to hear it, but this one is clear as day and it happened in the middle of the day in the summertime at a pool. So that one was really interesting. Um, we are almost out of time, Eric. Thank you for being on the show. Um, how can people find you? What do you, uh, you've got lots of videos on YouTube. You have websites, you're on Twitter. Uh, let everybody know how they can take a look at more of your stuff. Yeah, well, the uh, the site I use mostly now is goldenstatehaunts.org, and that's the YouTube channel as well. It's on YouTube under Golden State Haunts, and if you want me to make more paranormal videos, better paranormal videos, or urban exploration videos, you could support us for as little as $1 a month, $12 a year. That's the price of 
one movie. It's actually cheaper than a movie at some movie theaters these days. And that's by going to patreon.com backslash Golden State Haunts. And like I said, uh, there is still, uh, well, actually, actually, I believe you could get a hold of me through Golden State Haunts. And there still is uh, Valley Investigators, the paranormal.com as well. All right. Thank you, Eric, for being on the show. It was really um, insane as far as the detail of, of what you, I didn't, ex- <laughs> I really didn't expect it to go where it went. It was pretty shocking to be honest. So uh, thank you. And remember everybody, we're going to do this show again. You can listen to it on the replay. You can call in live at eight, seven, two, two ghosts. If we're not live, please leave your ghost stories on there as we do want to air those. Uh, and we will see you on our next broadcast. Life is hard, and so am I. You'd better give me something so I don't die. Spirits and More Radio is produced by 3K Media and Publishing.